Hello everyone, and Superhouse presents Two-Face February. It is, as of this recording date, 2-02-2020, which is the perfect day to talk about one of our favorite Batman villains, Two-Face. This is Ben Juan, the man who knows too much about Batman, and I'm here with my co-host... Andrew, y'all, it's palindrome day. Yeah, I can't wait to. It's already over. <laughs> <laughs> by the time you guys listen to this, we will have been done. But it'll still be February by the time we release this. Hopefully, so jeez, it'll be. <laughs> we've had a lot of episodes, yeah. Uh, so we will be launching this as a discussion into Two Face, not just any discussion, but a review specifically of the film Batman versus Two Face, the final movie where Adam West. Played the Dark Knight, the Cape Crusader, the Bright Knight. Yes, the Bright Knight. With William Shatner as Two-Face, which was inspired casting, in my opinion. But yeah. uh, they this was the final animated movie released around 2017 or so. It was released posthumously after uh, West had died. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Andrew saw it for the first time today. Correct. And uh, we are not only going to discuss that, because we don't just do reviews here in Superhouse, but we are also going to discuss... How that this was the most successful attempt to try and get the Two Face uh, character into the '60s era, but there were three—well, not three. There were two attempts. Sorry, it's Two Face, not three. Uh, two attempts <laughs> to get Two Face into the 1966 show, and uh, I, yes, I have read those scripts, and we can go over those later. That really blew my mind because I never really thought about it, and I never saw all of the Batman '66 shows. I probably mm-hmm. should at this point. But there should, are yeah. some that I have not seen, and uh, just for me, Two Face was always such an iconic villain. He's, he's he's the original Rogues Gallery to me, you know. Yeah. And and to for him to not be in that iconic show, it's just so weird. I guess we'll get into the reasons. You'll regale me with the reasons of that, Ben, at but, some point yeah. very soon. Uh, yes, 1942 was when I just looked this up. 1942, just to verify, uh, was when he came out. So that is. Three years after three. Batman debuted. Early so on. Very original, before Riddler. My theory is that he was too scary you for may be right. Batman 66. <laughs> <laughs> so, you might be right. <laughs> so so I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> we will. But first, uh, let's go oh, into first, the, kids. the only successful take in pairing Adam West against Two-Face, specifically at the Adam West of the 60s. Uh, 66 style type of thing. Now, this movie also co-stars Burt Ward and Julie Newmar, who thankfully are still with us, at least as as of this recording, uh, on here. So, uh, you saw the movie today. I did about two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> two hours ago. Two hours we ago, very, We timed this very well. Uh, so, uh, your thoughts on Batman vs. Two-Face. General thoughts, it was good. Actually, surprisingly good. But I do. <laughs> I would say one. I think the first one's a little better. I agree. I do like Return better. of the Caper Setters uh, better out of the two. But this one is still a great... You know what this is? I realized it's it's a, it's a great movie and pro, uh, probably the best movie on, in terms of focusing solely on Two-Face. That's true. It. It, it, it's probably the best Two Face treatment in any any of the movies, yeah. probably. Yeah, I agree he's probably with that. Hasn't been in a whole lot of movies. Well, he's been in enough, I guess. He's yeah, been a lot. yeah, Batman Forever, Dark Knight, but this was like one where like there's not because like sure we remember the version from the uh, you know Betas. Uh, yeah, but yeah. we don't necessarily think of him from any of the movie versions of that. He wasn't in Phantasm. No, Return of the Joker, Mystery of the Batwoman, like none of those he showed up in. Uh, or if he did show up, 
you know, like when he's the dummy in Batman Beyond Return of the Joker where the yes. Batarang beheads him. Yes. That's it. Like, there's nothing else in there. So yeah. it was about time, and I'm, I'm glad that they did this before Adam West died because this was, like, this is pretty much the last remaining rogues gallery villain that that Batman needed to go up against. As always, spoiler warning up top, everybody. We will spoil the ever-living <laughs> shit out of this movie. So you've been warned, and uh, that's about it. But before we get even deeper into it... Uh, <laughs> The inspired casting. In my head, yes. I've always kind of grouped... I mean, I know Batman and Captain Kirk are totally different, but they did run at the exact same time, mm-hmm. 66 to 69. They're pop culture icons. They're old-ass white dudes with a certain way of talking, <laughs> of line delivery. There's a lot similar about them, and it's just weird to me that they never like teamed up in anything else. Like, it, I mean, Shatner they, and West? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, this is great. This is there's only so much cheesy pausing you can handle, <laughs> <laughs> but it's great when you put them together. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, no, it, it's it's fantastic. So William Shatner is Harvey Dent. Uh, also, some other casting here. Thomas Lennon is Chief O'Hara. I don't know if I told you that last time. The guy from uh, Reno Nine One One. I've actually never seen Reno Nine One One. Okay, well, he was also in The Dark Knight Rises. He was the was doctor, he? yeah, who oh. told him, like, you have no oh, cartilage in your knee. Oh, that's that guy? Yeah, that guy, yeah. Okay, that brought me out of the movie when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, same here. that <laughs> guy, like, oh. I knew he was a comedian. <laughs> yeah. And it was just so, it was just like, oh, what? This guy's Nolan, in it? Nolan made this pick? Okay. <laughs> like, he was good, but it was just weird. I think part of that's also because Thomas Lennon was in a previous, I think he was in a previous Nolan movie before that. That's probably why. And he was just like, you know, come along and be part of this movie. He asked him. So uh, that one was, what was the movie for that? He was in Memento. He was a doctor in Memento. Oh, shit. Okay. But that was like in 2000 when he wasn't known for being a comedian. So it didn't right. take anybody out of right, it. Right, right, I'm right. Sure so they friends for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like at the time that it was released, he wasn't known for it. And then when you look back, it's one of those like, oh, that guy's in this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the time Dark Knight Rises, it's like he's already known right. for that. And right. then it just kind of ruined it. Did it take you out? It took movie? me out too. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the, the show either. Yeah. So we're in the yeah. same we're same same exact boat. Yeah. On that. Uh, also, <laughs> Lee Merriweather is in this. I don't know if you could tell. Uh, she plays uh, Lucille Diamond. She's the one that Catwoman dresses up as Catwoman. Yeah. 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 So that's I a nice figured. tribute uh, to the other Catwoman who's still alive. I'm sure if Eartha Kitt were still alive at the time, they would have put her in this or found some right. way to put her into it too. Right. It's such a great way to just bring everybody back in. Yes. So, uh, other than that, those are the main things. Some nice surprises in here include the fact that we have a little cameo from Dr. Harleen Quinzel, so future Harleen in the 66 realm. That was pretty cool. Uh, And we also have... One of Andrew knows is one of my favorites, Professor Hugo Strange. I was thinking about that the whole time I was watching it. <laughs> like, I was ben like, man, love this. Ben loves the shit out of this. You're the biggest <laughs> Hugo Strange fan in the world. And by the way, it's it sucks that Marvel took away because he's a doctor. He's the original doctor, and his Strange. last name is Strange. Yeah, there's some old. Is there probably there's probably some old timey um, Marvel versus DC rivalry going on there where they're like, ha, took your name. <laughs> Potentially, yeah, yeah, no, it, like like Doom Patrol with X Men and all that shit. Like you know they've. Yeah, been doing that with each other forever. Thankfully, it's so different that like it, it's it's uh, not not to the point of being too distracting. Like I'm, right. I don't I don't think of like I think that's why he's known as Professor Hugo Strange, not Doctor Strange. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> now everyone just calls him Professor Strange. Right. So that that helps. 
in that. But yeah, physically and in terms of like other parts of his personality, like he doesn't do any magic shit or whatever. That's uh, true. It's it's thankfully separate. But yeah, it is kind of strange. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> on that. Oh. Um, <laughs> King Tut is in this as well. <laughs> oh sure man, that was, that was the surprise to me. I'm just like, wait, what? Where? What is this? I thought it was a Two Face movie. Yeah, I know. I was watching this the first thirty minutes. I'm like, where the fuck is Two Face, man? <laughs> right. Well, he shows up for a half a second, but before yeah. that, but it's just like, okay, we got King Tut going on. He's, I don't know. Yeah, fine, I guess. Yeah, actually thinking about cultural appropriation shit while I'm watching it, but then again, <laughs> it is a guy with split, split personality disorder. Yes, and he is a villain, so it's just I don't know. I guess it works even even still. Yeah, well, he he believes he was bonked on the head, and he believes that he is King Tut. Excuse me, he right. is King Tut. Right. So, right. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, there is cultural appropriation involved, but yeah. It's just because he's delusional and thinks that he's King Tut. So that's I don't cool. Know. I mean, man, you could definitely weave a tale <laughs> with that these uh, days did, with cultural yes. appropriation. Uh, I guess it's not very dangerous for Batman to handle, but I don't know. That's Give a thing that you us, can employ. Matt Reeves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matt Reeves. I want a lot from you, but I do not need a Matt Reeves King Tut. I can die without one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I need a I Matt need. Reeves Mister Freeze. Matt Reeves Hugo Strange. I need a Matt Reeves Joker maybe in the third one. I don't even want the Joker in the second one. Too much Joker lately. Anyway, keep going, Ben. Give Matt, Matt Reeves, give us King Tut in the third one along with the Batuzi, but you have to give it a dark update, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> it's up to you. Oh, man, it please. It is absolutely up to you. Uh, I think, uh, let's see, in terms of there's the Batuzi in there. Well, not, not in, I'm, it, it's in the dance sequences uh, of there, but uh, another thing that you could update with King Tut is uh, would Ra's al Ghul be offended? Oh, dude. Remember Ra's that would be awesome. His origin is in ancient Egypt. That's true. And he's like, That's I so knew good. Tutankhamen, and you are not Tutankhamen. <laughs> you, you're a white guy. <laughs> Your AncestryDNA.com says that you are 80% Irish. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling this King Tut versus Ra's al Ghul match is not going to be very fair. No, no. Oh my God, King that Tut such will a, be dead. That's hilarious, though. That needs to be. That would be such a good com- comic, <laughs> like a comedic uh, run, a comic, yeah. a comedic one shot in the comics. Mm-hmm. Maybe that that would be cool. It is interesting that they there's certain characters that lasted or became famous due to the the '60s show, and then there's other characters that they created for the '60s show that never just they're just associated with the '60s show. They never show up again. Right. So there's King Tut. There's Egghead. Yes. Which is we t- talked about this. I think offline before, but that seems like a waste of Vincent Price. Uh, yeah, that was a complete waste. <laughs> he throws eggs at people. Vincent Price go. could have been the scarecrow, dude. Uh, well, instead they had Shame, who was a cowboy guy played by future Uncle Ben, Cliff Robertson, and he was the one who had the first form of like fear toxin or something. Okay, and he doused okay. Adam West with it. Now, of course, it was done. In a, the the sixties sixty six show type of way, but yeah, uh, he does have the claim of fame to having done that before. And they got Bookworm in here. Is he from the comics? Bookworm is not in the comics. He was incorporated into it later. Uh, that's another thing. If you guys listen to my uh, interview, our interview with Cole Vallis, 
I talked about the Gotham spec where I had Tommy Elliott in there. I also was very close to putting Bookworm in there <laughs> as as the school librarian. Oh, that'd be cool. Why uh, not? As just like another faculty member for him to interrogate, but there was just no room for okay. it. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately, Bookworm was cut. I never ended up writing a scene with him in it. But so let's let's pick apart Bookworm real quick. <laughs> okay. I really want to do this. You know how we like to pick apart character motivations this is and stuff to be on, the on this show. <laughs> real quick side note here. Yeah. So his character motivation is that he seeks knowledge so hard that he is evil. <laughs> yes, <laughs> making myself laugh. It's over kind here. of like it's kind of like Riddler, <laughs> but even more ridiculous. He's like knowledge is power. Well, then I should become the most powerful. <laughs> I will read all the books in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like bookworm. We have Audible now. We yeah, have, yeah. We have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't need to do this. He's constantly listening to audiobooks. He's talking to Batman. Oh wait, we'll, we'll, what'd you say, Batman? <laughs> Takes his headphones off. <laughs> he, he's pissed off because uh, he was trying to listen to Audible on his commute, but it got interrupted by the Batmobile. Yes. And oh. he's like, from now on, I shall have my revenge. <laughs> I missed the whole page of the Three Musketeers yes. by Alexander Dumas. Yes. Uh, the bookworm was played by. Do you know who he was played by? Oh no, I couldn't uh, tell that voice. Ronnie, Ma- well, not in the, not in the. I don't mean in the Batman vs. Two Face because his actor. Oh no, I, you know that's one episode I don't think I've seen. I, don't, I never saw a bookworm okay. episode. Uh, he was played by Roddy McDowell. Who, oh uh, yeah, that's familiar. Now you tell me, yeah. Planet of the Apes, yeah. Uh, as the various uh, characters in the Planet of the Apes series, uh, he would then go on to do the audio book of the 1989 movie novelization. That's a deep ass cut. Uh, of so, uh, the novelization of the 89 movie. Oh shit! He did that's the audio book. Right. That's for right. That's it. right. You can listen to it on on YouTube. I've I've heard him. Uh, it's a very abridged version of it, so it's like one hour or so. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, he does a decent job. He does a decent Joker. Yeah. And that uh, it's definitely cool. his own take on Joker because he doesn't really try to do a Jack Nicholson impression. Right. And he just does his own it's thing. Too, which too he, hard. Which he rightfully should, you know. Yeah, uh, and that's then cool. He was the voice of Mad Hatter in uh, the animated series we grew up in with. Mad Hatter is one of those ones also, I think, up there with um, Mr. Freeze that, that I would like to see Matt Reeves tackle in the second one. Ah. You know? Yeah. I think that Mad Hatter's like still a little bit fresh and hasn't been done and on the big screen mm-hmm. and yeah i know we talk a lot about the matt reeves movie but man we are looking forward to that like crazy <laughs> see what he's got i mean we'll we'll see when we i think when we start seeing more production stills we get a better idea of what we're getting into right so right. yeah that's true uh, but uh, it does not look like harvey dent is part of at least not this new movie maybe he'll be part of the second one because everybody yeah. thought Peter yeah. Sarsgaard was going to be Two-Face or Harvey Dent. And then they announced he is D.A. Gil Coulson or something like that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Who the fuck is Gil Coulson? Okay, fine. By, by the way, another tangent. I'm sorry. I'm so it's sorry. Okay, it's fine. But <laughs> as, of, as, as of this recording, the only villains that we know are are Penguin and Riddler in the Matt Reeves movie. Right. And if you count Catwoman, you count I Catwoman. feel like going to be more of an anti-heroine than a... You know. Generally, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, people always say they're always overloaded, but there's only two. There's only two, and we don't know what two the and roles half. are. I mean, look at look at Batman Begins. Yeah, Rosalind, Scarecrow, Mister Zaz had a cameo. Carmine Falcone. Yeah, it's uh, loaded down. Now. Dark Knight. Oh like, yeah, Falcone is in this, huh? Yeah, and then Dark Knight. Like, not it's not just Joker. It's got Two Face at the end, but it's also got an entire mob like rival mob factions. Right. Got right, Michael right. J. White, Eric Roberts, like yeah, the Chechen yeah. guy. Like yeah. everybody is in this. So I, I don't. 
necessarily subscribe to the number. It's not the number of villains. It's the it's how well you use them. That's true. Uh-huh. That's true. So the same thing in Batman versus Two Face. It's not just Two Face. It's got all the other Rogues Gallery. Villains. Uh, it's got the whole thing just about right. Yeah, They're like they did Joker over, everybody. Yeah, and they did it with, that with Return of the Great Crusaders when they brought everybody out of the jail in order to fight them off. Right. That right. So, right. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's a wonderful tribute to the '66 show. Uh, it is very short as well, 72 minutes. Uh, but it is a nice little love letter to Adam West, and it's a shame they didn't make more of these. I wish lots this was a trilogy. of trilogy. Lots of great sight gags, like Alfred of, yeah. Cam in the car. <laughs> just it just says Alfred Cam. <laughs> like that's just so good, man. It's amazing. And like all the naming for like what was it like Bat Essence oil for or whatever at the end man that was funny as hell oh the other one the joke that i probably appreciated the most Mm -hmm. was riddler's joke probably should have been a joker joke because it's so good yeah where he was like we're doing his bidding and i thought that was i thought that was so good it's a pun but it's such a good pun it's such a good pun it's so good so yeah the writers of this were um it was uh, michael jelinek and uh james tucker Okay. As well, who also was the producer, supervising producer. Uh, James of Tucker, you say? Yes, James huh. Tucker. Hmm. Hmm. Potentially a name you might hear again. Huh. But anyways, uh, but yes, yeah, a wonderful tribute to the 66 show. I'm I'm just really glad that they did it uh, and that Adam West got to sort of play this role till the very end. Yeah, for so, sure. It was a great tribute on that. Uh, but when we get back from the break, we will now dive into Harvey himself, specifically the many different types of times they tried to bring Harvey into the 66 show. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew. I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop, RetroCo. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system, that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, please go to RetroCo.com. That's Retro-KO.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to RetroCo.com, you can also go to Facebook.com slash RetroCo with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European, Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please, go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. And we're back, everybody. With part two. You see what I did there? <laughs> How long did you have that one in the chamber, Ben? Two. Uh, throughout the break. Yes. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks and two days. So... Uh, the History of Harvey Dent slash Two-Face. Originally, uh, have you read the original Two-Face comics? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, Harvey Dent was not originally named Harvey Dent. Did you know that? No. He was originally a Harvey Kent. <laughs> they just really weren't, weren't that creative. <laughs> they really the don't like changing names. They're just like Kent Allard for The Shadow, Clark Kent for Superman. Like, I guess he's another Kent. What's the mother's name again? 
Martha? Kent. <laughs> Martha. <laughs> Martha. Oh, Martha Kent. Ah, can't be Kent this time. Can't be Kent Kent. Kent Kent. It's not the Mario Bros. So it could be Kent Kent. So it's Harvey Kent. Uh, first appeared in Detective Comics 66. His origin is shown very briefly. And he's up against Boss Moroni. Uh, Moroni spelled M-O-R-O-N-I. So if you mispronounce it, it's more like Moroni. Right. <laughs> so right. Not, uh, not the most intimidating name. I can see why they changed it. But uh, he's mainly a plot device to turn Harvey into a two-face. But the classic <laughs> origin is exactly what you guys saw in Batman Forever. Harvey Dent is interviewing Moroni. Batman is in the courtroom. As Batman. <laughs> As Batman. Which is also in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And then Harvey uh, like is getting too close to getting rid of Moroni. So Moroni throws the acid in his face. And Harvey, uh, Batman is too late to stop it. Uh, so what doesn't get covered a lot is that uh, Harvey gets offered plastic surgery, of course. You know, okay, yeah, for sure. The time, even in they say you're denying uh, plastic surgery in the Dark Knight. Yeah. 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 But uh, Some he, mention. He, he was given it, but apparently there is only one plastic surgeon in it uh, who can do it, and his name is Dr. Eckhart. Okay. Now, not to be confused with Aaron Eckhart, future... <laughs> Two-Face actor. Man, that's weird, huh? That is weird, yeah. It was written in the stars. It was, yes. So Dr. Eckhart can't do the surgery because it's 1942 and he's in a concentration camp. Damn. I shit you not. That was like So Harvey Dent becomes Two-Face because of Hitler. Wow. <laughs> this so, is actually kind of incredible. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Little known fact about the Two-Face. Uh, also... Do you know why um, Superman couldn't go to war to fight Hitler? They had to... During World War II, they yeah. had to explain why their heroes <laughs> weren't saving the world. You know this? Yeah, I do. Okay, what was it? He has x-ray vision. Remember, this is 1942 <laughs> writing or whatever. He's getting his physical. <laughs> And he looks through the eye good. exam and the eye exam in the other room yeah. and and says the wrong letters. So he fails his <laughs> physical as Superman by accident. Yeah, but can't he just show up? Like He just is like, I guess I can't fight for the army now. You know what <laughs> oh I mean? my God. This is okay. how they wrote it back in the day. They could have come up with something better than that. Okay. It, it, you know, they, they tried very hard back well, then. Well, Bill Finger did a better job. I think it was Bill Finger. Uh, Bill Finger did a better job with Two-Face in terms of an explanation for why he just didn't get plastic surgery. Well, because his doctor is in Auschwitz. So, That's uh, incredible. Yeah. Uh, so he does have a fiancé, uh, Gilda Gold, uh, in this. And she's not in a lot of different versions of the story uh, Gilda is. Uh, she's in The Long Halloween. Uh, but uh, Gilda is a sculptress, and she creates this um, bust of Harvey's face, and at one point, Harvey just destroys the other half of it because he's now Two-Faced. Oh, right, okay. Uh, let's see, other other elements that you don't really uh, see a lot is that when Two-Faced starts committing crimes, that's only when the scarred side comes up, but if he flips it and the clean side comes up, he donates the loot to charity, or he does something good. Okay. So he is, uh, you don't know which side he's going to be on, like literally. Okay. Um, and at the end of part one, he's in a standoff with Batman in a hideout that is very familiar to Batman Forever viewers because on one side, one side is decorated differently than the other. Oh, yeah. Just like in Batman Forever. Yeah. Uh, and Two-Face flips the coin and it lands on the edge. Uh, and he's like, I don't know what to do. And then Batman oh, still fights him. But like, it's it's a it, it's a two part story, uh, <laughs> of course. Of uh, course. Detective Comics sixty six and sixty eight. Uh, but it ends interestingly in a third part. 
Detective okay. Comics 80 was called The End of Two-Face. Okay. Now, this is interesting because most of the time it was just like, he's a supervillain now and we'll bring him back every now and then. But they actually decided to end Two-Face's reign at this point. Uh, at one point, Gilda, his fiance, gets shot. Okay. Uh, and she reveals as she's like about to fall unconscious that she still loves Harvey. And Harvey's like, oh my God, what have I done? And he decides to go straight. And so he double crosses his own crew and Damn. helps Batman fight them. And at the end, now that this is no longer 1942, and I think Dr. Eckhart escaped from Auschwitz, he does get his plastic surgery and lives happily ever after with Gilda. That's pretty cool. So they yeah. buttoned it up nicely, which they didn't do back in the day. Yeah, it was called the Two Face. We call it the Two Face trilogy. The fans of today, I think, because it's that's cool. Parts. And then, of course, they had to ruin it years later, where they're just like, you know what? Let's bring Two Face back. So then there was the tale of the return <laughs> of Two Face. They in always 1950. come back. Uh, and the return of Two Face is when they're just like, you know what? Let's not get him confused with Clark Kent. So let's change the first initial of his last name to a D. And so that was the yeah. first time he was called Harvey Dent. Was yeah, in the it sounds better. So Harvey Dent is walking around. He used to be Two-Face. He's been reformed. But then he tries to stop these gangsters from committing a crime. And there's an explosion that takes off the plastic surgery. And he's Two-Face uh, again. So this whole, like, I was Two-Face for a hot second. And then yeah. now I'm no longer Two-Face. Uh, but I'm still kind of Two-Face. Yeah. is Like, that DNA in the movie is from all that. It actually is from the comics. Yeah, yeah so that's yeah, why yeah. I, I, I'm ramping up to exactly what you just said. Yeah. That, that this was their way to sort of incorporate those elements. Uh, precedent. Into citing precedent, in a sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then from then on, ever since the return of Two-Face, he was just he was just always Two-Face and terrorizing Batman and doing his two-themed, uh, you know, all the... All the themed crimes on yeah, the number all, all two. the versions that I have seen and read, he's pretty much always Two Face. Yeah, he can't go in and out like he does in this movie. Right, right. So that does lead. Did you want to go into a little something that happened since we're already spoiling the fuck out of yeah, the like Two Face movie? My only my the thing that I thought of whenever uh, I was watching it, and in the third act of the movie. He becomes mono face, <laughs> yeah. Basically, <laughs> so to me, it's like his face represents the duality of his of his mental state. So I was thinking at that point that the coin wouldn't matter anymore, right? Yeah. So I mean, maybe I need to think about it a little bit more, but like he he has. It seems like the coin's still a big deal. He gets that fake coin yeah. from Batman, mm -hmm. and it's just like I'm just thinking like, oh, the the evil side's fully taken over. Mm -hmm. What is this? What does a coin have to? What does it matter anymore? I don't know. What do you think? No, it's 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 a good point. Like the the coin is representing the fact that uh, it gives him, it, it tells him what to do. It gives him uh, direction direction in terms of what to do, which side to choose. So if you're all completely on one side, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, also makes him way less interesting of a villain, of course, though. Yeah, he's just a monster, basically, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Monster type. Uh, but it is interesting to see Harvey Dent conquer Two-Face. Yeah, that is cool. Movie, that is cool. Which was not what I was expecting either. And I like seeing Mono-Face. Yeah. <laughs> I did. One-Face, I liked yeah. it. It was pretty cool. I've never seen that before. Mm -hmm. um, didn't have a problem with that. It was just the the, the mechanic with the, the coin. The logic of the end. Yeah. The logic of the coin, yeah. yes. Yeah. 
So uh, then we jump into, you know, the 50s. They brought Two-Face back. And then the 60s, of course, they started doing the, the 1966 show. And around this time is when, you know, since Two-Face is one of the big villains, they decided, okay, let's try out and see what we could do to bring him in. And uh, there's a lot of rumors. There's the biggest rumors that I kept reading online is that they wanted to get Clint Eastwood to play Harvey. Would have been amazing. To play a reporter, and then, like, one of the lights explodes, and the, the fragments of the lights scar him on the other side. And that that's how they do it in the show. And that's how they would do it in the show. Yeah. Uh, this was never verified whatsoever by anything. I feel oh. like this is just a made up internet rumor. Okay. Because uh, Eastwood has never confirmed that he was up against up for that. Right. And I just feel like he doesn't really fit <laughs> the type of actor right. who you were getting on there. Like actors went on there to play villains to have fun. Right. This would have been a tone change. <laughs> yeah. Like I just I just don't see it. And I can't, I, I basically, for research for this episode, I read two treatments and a script. And not one of those has him as a reporter, as okay. any version of that. So okay. I'm going to shoot down and debunk this popular internet rumor. I see no evidence that Clint Eastwood <laughs> was ever going Your to be online sleuth work. Yes. Uh, but Two-Face was originally proposed to be, it looks like, potentially even for the first season, because the first treatment I read was from November of 1965. That was before the actual uh, premiere of the first Because he was a season. popular villain in the comics yeah. already. Yeah. Well-established, well-liked. Yeah, especially because yeah. he was so well-established that they brought him back, even after yeah. he was cured yeah, yeah, in the yeah. 50s. So uh, there's this treatment then uh, that was written in 1965. And... The biggest surprise I think a lot of people have found is that the writer of this is science fiction uh, Star Trek writer Harlan Ellison. That name is familiar to me. Yes. Yeah. He wrote the uh, City on the Edge of Forever, I think. The name oh, was. yeah. yeah. Was that's a, that's a very famous episode. Yeah. 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 So uh, he wrote The Two-Way Crimes of Two-Face in 1965. And uh, years later, DC would adapt this into a comic book. Okay, that's cool. The illustrations made to look like the '60s show. It's a different story though than what we saw in the okay. in the Batman versus Two Face movie. So I'm just going to summarize what happens in this uh, treatment. But uh, it starts off with uh, the the treatment details the Two Face origin and is pretty much exactly like what I described in the comic. Okay. So Harlan Ellison was kind of just like, why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yeah. Why would I? Why would I possibly do this? So it's the same thing. Moroni throws the acid. Batman tries to stop it. He fails. Harvey decides to become Two-Face. Uh, there's, a t- there's a time jump, and we see a whole bunch of rich people gathering for an auction of antiques. And a reporter comes out to bring out the antiques. But to everyone's shock, his face starts melting off. Okay. And it's revealed that that's makeup and is actually Two-Face, and he's there to rob people. And so we cut to Gordon calling Batman, and they arrive to find that uh, Two-Face, uh, during this crime actually repaired one of the antiques because the good side of the coin came up oh shit in the middle of the thing okay so the narrator would have said what's this a criminal who does good deeds returning more than what he stole what is this i love this? it i love it it should have been made it should have been made so two-faced terrorizes people for two weeks but uh usually around this time batman would of course be tell- talking to robin about like i remember when he was district attorney Harvey Dent. <laughs> Perhaps we can find some way to turn our old friend. But uh, yes, Two-Face terrorizes Gotham for like two weeks. He's robbing one place, and he gives the loot to another place. 
that the place that he was supposed to rob. So this is basically just as true to Detective Comics 66 as you could possibly get. Right. Uh, Batman catches up to Two-Face and plants a tracer on him and traces him over to this hideout. But, of course, they get captured at the hideout. And lo and behold, guess what? Two-Face flips the coin, and that's the cliffhanger for part one. Oh, shit. That, see, that's so good. It's like I it's, mean, that's what you have to do. It's kind of standard, I guess. Yeah. But it's still so good. Like, it's what, made for that. Yeah. Now, yeah. like, it, as you said, it's kind of standard. But, again, from the 66 lens, like, this would have been people's introduction to the character. And little boys are called, mostly boys, some yeah. girls, too, like, would have lost their fucking minds. Like, when I hear the comic book, guy, comic book men yeah. guys talk about when they watch that, mm. like, when they were kids, like... They it was just hell waiting for the second part of every episode. Yeah, of, yeah. it was like two a week maybe. Yeah. So for those who don't know, a lot of the times uh, the sixty six show it was all the stories were two parters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't just one hour straight. It was. It was. Um, they would show a half hour that would end on a cliffhanger, and ninety nine percent of the time it was a death trap. It's where same bat time, like, same bat channel yeah. comes up. Like, and all that. Same bat time, same bat channel, <laughs> and then you would come back the next night and see the rest of it. And see how Batman got out of it. So that's kind of how Batman developed the uh, whole escape artistry type stuff. So part two, <laughs> part two, uh, picks up and Two Faces flip the coin, and this is where it lands on the edge, just like oh, in shit. that comic. Uh, and of course, that's enough of a distraction for Batman and Robin to fight. But Robin ruins it by tripping over Two Faces' shotgun pellets <laughs> and falls into <laughs> Batman. Uh, oh, so Two Face makes his escape. Um, and uh, afterwards, Bruce and Dick are talking, and there's a little character moment uh, of uh, Bruce Wayne talking to Dick Grayson about this entire situation, about how, uh, you know, they can still see good in their old friend, uh, and maybe there's still a shred of decency in him, and they have to stop him before he actually kills somebody, because okay. Two-Face hasn't killed anybody yet. Okay. Uh, so they're just trying to pull him away from the dark side. So they figure out Two-Face's next crime, and he's going to steal crowns from these wealthy twins. So Batman and Robin chase after Two-Face, and they wind up at Two-Face's secret headquarters, uh, which is like this... This is weird, but it's a ship. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, a pirate ship. It's always a ship at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pirate ship, which Two-Face actually had at, at the final part in the end of Two-Face comic. So, again, okay. this is Ellison being very true to those three stories. Um, in the... Yeah, in another version, it's at like a... Yeah, yeah, so in one version, it's at like an old movie studio, but in the comic book adaptation, they put it in like an island. If you uh, were to so, rewrite that, would you change the location? Of the hideout? Yeah, it will, will be more indicative of, of, a, of, du- a, of a duel thing? Yeah, duality-based villain lair. Mm, that's a good question. What place inhabits two different things all at once? I mean, a boat kind of does because you're kind of on land and sea at the same time. Hovercraft. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything I can right get, now. Like, I, like, now that I think about it, I'm like, maybe that's why he's on the ship. Yeah, I guess. It's just, I don't know. My first instinct was that that, that, that could be improved upon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> pirate ship's good for like, you know, kids' comics and stuff. I get it. Like, pirates are cool, but... Ah, I don't know. It's one of those things it's I think. It's not something maybe, you associate with Two Face. Yeah, it's not a Two Face thing. But then again, what? I don't know, man. Like some sort of weird, one weird New York or Gotham loft or something that's, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we will get to other different Two Face hideouts 
a little later, but uh, in the meantime, let's stick to the Harlan Ellison version. So on the ship, Batman fights the thugs, but he gets knocked out and he gets captured. So Two-Face again puts him into another death trap because this is the 1966 show. But Batman reminds him, hey, Harvard, you have to use the coin. Isn't that like your Achilles heel type of thing? Isn't that your main thing that you use? Uh, And so he makes a wager. He says, if the coin lands on the edge again, you'll free me and you'll turn yourself in for rehabilitation. Right. And so Two-Face is like, that's never going to happen. So sure, I'll take that deal. Uh, And he flips it, and lo and behold, it lands right on the edge. He he switched the coins? Yep, he did. (laughs) (laughs) So Batman frees himself and, of course, has to tell Two-Face, all right, you said that you would do this. And so after a bit of a fight, uh, he says he tells Harvey, you know, I hope you get help as they take him away. And he, he, go, he turns himself into rehabilitation. And at the end, of course, Bruce recaps to Dick Grayson and Alfred that he made a dummy duplicate coin that was weighted on one side uh, so that it would flip on the edge. And then he just switched it when he was in the fight with Two-Face so that he would make that wager. It's good for that time period, but, like, <laughs> the, man, from now on, let's put an embargo on that uh, storyline. You're, you're saying that shouldn't be in the Matt Reeves. That should not be <laughs> in the Matt Reeves. Do, Matt Reeves, do not do that. This is We're going to rename this podcast Matt, Advice to Matt, Matt Reeves because he needs us so badly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> He's desperate. Yeah. <laughs> he He's really needs help. so hard. Uh, he reminds Dick that victory comes from always being prepared. So if you yeah. can make a random du- dummy duplicate coin that's weighted on one side and be in a situation where you can make a wager on it and prom- make promises that that villain will make do on his word, make good on his word that he will honor that wager, then you're good. Yeah, <laughs> it's not complex at all. Yeah, it's very simple. It's easy. Uh, so that was the original version uh, of Two Face, but for whatever reason they didn't go with it. And it, to be honest, I haven't really found a lot of reasons why these weren't made. I think it is exactly what you said that like this is a little too much for the tone that they were going for. Like yeah, I can ease. I to be honest, the most I can see for two uh, a sixty six two faces, they just literally just paint his other face like a different color, and that's it. Yeah, there was a, like in Star Trek the original series. There's there's this episode where these people have two different colored faces. Yeah, they're aliens. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, You've seen this? Like they could have done something like that. You know, it's that's the same. Frank Gorshin. Frank Gort, yeah, there Frank, you go. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the Batman connection already. I, f- I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know more about this than I than I realized. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the only way. I mean, they I don't know if they do like a mangled face makeup. I mean, it'd be cool to like in an alternate history that'd be kind of cool to see. But yeah, um, yeah, I just don't see them doing that for that for that hokey of a show. Yeah, no, I literally just see just like what you described with Star Trek. It's just literally just, they just paint his other side face and they just say that it's quote unquote acid or some liquid in the context of the show. Which would have been fine probably. Yeah, I would have been fine with it. Has his own henchmen that are, have Mm -hmm. a similar theme and shit. It'd be Mm -hmm. cool. So we have a, that was the first version, but there was a second version because of course there's a second version. This is Uh, (laughs) Two-Face. So it was written, it looks like this was primed for uh, you guys will think I'm shooting you, but this was this seems like it was primed for season two uh, for the '66 <laughs> show. I didn't I didn't pre-script these puns. I swear. Those this duplicitous is what actually, dogs. This is what happens in this is actually what happened. This is history, my friends. Uh, John Marcus was the writer. He wrote a treatment on dated June 13th, 1966, called "About Face for Two Face." Ah, oh, so it's just a good title already. Uh, but this was love changed. <laughs> this was changed. Unfortunately, I know you like love the title. This was changed to the Two Faced Counterfeit by Peter Rabe, who wrote the script version of it. Not as good terrible. 
Not as good of a face way better. So uh, this is a much less orthodox version <laughs> of Two Face. <laughs> this is Bob Kane wrote this one. Uh, not not in that <laughs> not in that sense. No. How many ten plus broads we got walking in this picture? <laughs> <laughs> there is one in this, but she's not described like we've that. We've gotten so much comedic mileage out of that Bob Kane. <laughs> oh, I love it though, man. I know, but oh, uh, unfortunately, this is not. It wasn't nearly as entertaining that way, but it is weird to read to consider considering what we know about Two Face. It's not exactly a woke script, I take it. Uh, well, one line, and you'll know what oh, it is when I say I, it. I got you. Okay. Uh, so it starts with this rich guy. He buys something, he leaves, and then he get, and then they're just like, "Stop! You paid us with counterfeit money." And he's like, "No, I did not." And then, they, and then it turns out like all of Gotham has been a victim to. Uh, using counterfeit money, where it's real on one side and fake on the other. So, Commissioner Gordon calls Batman, and Batman, of course, suspects because of the two different sides that it is Two-Face, who he describes as, quote, an advanced genius with retarded moral development. That is the non-woke line that... (sighs) Yeah, it's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I know. But, uh... (laughs) He's referring to something. I think he, he, to in terms he truly of. means something clinical yes. and not joking around. Yes. So I the know. intention actually is not so bad, <laughs> yes. probably. Yes, but yeah. I, that would not stop yeah. some people of 2020. Yeah, no, don't, yeah. don't write it these days, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, I see what's going on. You're there. saying this should not be in the Matt Reeves. No, the Matt Reeves <laughs> do not write retarded in any sense in your script. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we told him that he would totally do it. <laughs> Otherwise, he would, it. he would have blown it, man. <laughs> Matt Reeves would have blown it. Uh, if he did, if this podcast did not exist, <laughs> that oh, man would never shit. be the same. So Gotham Bank seems to be the center of this counterfeit money, uh, and of course, who is one of the big chairmen of this bank? But Bruce Wayne. So Chief O'Hara is like Bagora. I will call Bruce Wayne and see what's happening. But By the way, what the fuck is Bagora? I don't know. It's like some random Irish slang thing that they just make him say all the yeah. time. But yeah, by, by the way, when I was a kid <laughs> watching, um, I guess reruns of Batman 66 I literally thought every cop was Irish (laughs) (laughs) even though I was in the middle of Alabama at the time I just assumed all cops were Irish (laughs) and then you see a black cop and you're just like how come what (laughs) (laughs) it was just it was a strong stereotype for me thanks to one of my favorite parts of Return of the King Crusaders is when the Batman clone clones start uh, replacing all the officials and then the Batman clone of Chief O'Hara is like Bagora as a very <laughs> oh, yeah. Adam West delivery yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, he calls uh, Wayne Manor. Chief O'Hara calls Wayne Manor to contact Bruce Wayne and of course Bruce Wayne, for whatever reason, is not home while Batman is in the same office as, <laughs> as Chief O'Hara. Right. And he's being told by Alfred that he's out to catch something called the Grimmer Fish. But Batman says, uh, you know, he's off to catch the fish and Batman says, so will we as they will go off against to find their own fish. That's their attempted at a pun. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> to go to the bank. Uh, and now we will meet Two-Face in his lair with his girlfriend. Uh, this is the 10-plus broad, as, as oh, <laughs> Bob yeah. Kane would say. Bob Kane, baby. Her name is Facilia? Facilia. It's a weird name. Um, but, yeah, her name is Facilia. Uh, I don't know if that has anything like to Italian, do with Italian, sounds like. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm, fossil means easy. I'm in thinking Spanish, up a lot know. of vagina type from Austin Powers <laughs> one. But uh, yeah, that's a possibility. That's that's what they were going for. But for whatever reason, like every single uh, supervillain in the '66 show always had a girlfriend, which is kind of why 
Harley oh, Quinn exists. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Harley Quinn is kind of a takeoff on on that. What was Riddler's uh, uh, girlfriend name? Riddler's girlfriend was. Give me a couple seconds to Google. Uh, no, Riddler's Riddler's girlfriend. The first episode I you know told was played me, by. Oh, she had like he had like lead hench hench people. Uh, he he did, but in the very first episode, it was a girl played by Jill St. John, who was a former Bond girl. Uh, oh, and uh, she they got the point, best talent, man. Yeah, at that time right. they they did they didn't get like you know the B team. They got like a lot of A listers in the Batman yeah. show. No, certainly. So her name was Molly. That seems kind of, kind of anticlimactic. I feel like it was going to be something else. Molly. The only the only uh, connection I I feel from that is Molly's an Irish name, and Green is associated with Ireland, and yeah, Green she, and Riddler's green. She doesn't wear green. No. That's all I got. <laughs> she wears red. She's the one that Batman does the Batuzzi to in the okay. famous scene. Oh shit. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then she knocks him out, I think, or something. But she's also known because she dresses up as Robin and disguises herself as Robin at one point. This is in the 66 show? Yeah. Oh, shit. So the first female Robin. She's technically the first female Robin, and she's also got the red hair and everything, and a lot of people speculate that that image might have made an impact on Frank Miller and created Oh, must Carrie have. Kelly. It was like 20 years to, to, to simmer there. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. it gets weird because she dresses up in the Robin suit, uh, and then for whatever reason, she puts on the domino mask, and suddenly she's Burt Ward, but Burt Ward acting feminine to play Molly as Robin. They did this shit all the time back in the day. <laughs> Not just Batman. It's just weird weird shit and you're just supposed to buy it. Uh, Molly was also one of the few characters to die in the 66 show because this usually didn't happen but this was the first Bert's, episode. Bert, Bert Ward's like, I was playing a woman but my dick was still really big, okay? <laughs> they had to try to hide it. <laughs> there, was no, there was no CG at the time. <laughs> they couldn't send a cat's upgrade on that thing. <laughs> they couldn't do, yeah, they couldn't do the capital thing on the mustache and do a <laughs> shitty job trying to disguise something. My package was just too big. So, but yeah, she gets vaporized in okay. the Batcave. Yeah. Uh, so she's one of the few. So she's a very significant character in the Batman mythos that nobody knows about. Uh, but uh, Joker's henchwoman at one point was Queenie, which is actually the name of a uh, henchwoman that he encountered in the comics. So that actually is. A, uh, there is a connection there to the comics. Uh, Queenie was also blonde, just like Harley Quinn. Dude, I think this is a deep dive in and of itself. The many girlfriend, the many henchwomen of the yeah. 66 show? Yeah, the There's, top women to the villain. Like, yeah, if, maybe for the 66 show or something like that. Well, that's just the henchwomen. But whatever, the, whatever the phrasing is, the, we'll need to find maybe better there's, phrasing. There's but. a bunch of villainous, uh, villainesses in the 66 show that have yeah. never come back again. Right, uh, right, right. There's Black Widow. Tallulah Bankhead was Black Widow. Who was uh, Eggman's girlfriend? Uh, <laughs> Google, please give me Eggman girlfriend. TSA is like, what the fuck is this? Oh man, um, I'm not give. I haven't gotten anything yet. Let me see. What? Okay, guys, if you type in Eggman girlfriend Batman in Google, the top result is Talia. What? Okay. That is a whole other love triangle story. We'll save for another time. <laughs> is, I'm telling you, there's a there's another episode brewing, and it's going to be before the Dark Knight again. After, no, this, Dark Knight episode is coming. This is after Rosal Ghul kills King Tut for cultural appropriation of Egypt. Egypt, oh, dude, you, there's only, such a great script there, man. Only to find that Talia no longer wants to be with Bruce Wayne because she's in love with Eggman. <laughs> That's the new thing. Oh man! All right, so back to back to Two Face, everybody. <laughs> 
Everybody's oh, yeah. like, let's get back to the original 66 thing. That was the point of this show. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to read the description here because it's very interesting. The room reflects Two-Face's duality. One half is modern, the other primitive like a log cabin. Two-Face enters, surveilling his quarters with satisfaction. In the process, he reveals that his attire is also halved. So here's what's something funny. It, there's no description describing his face. His name yeah. is Two-Face. It just describes his clothes. This is this this is the the second script. Is the second script? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, Harlan they Ellison probably leave that open to the, to yeah, the artist, the yeah. makeup artist. You know. Yeah. This is one side is a formal cutaway. The other is baggy tweeds. Uh, here's where things get super weird. Four robots enter with him <laughs> and range themselves side by side near the door. They constitute his gang. <laughs> Somewhat smaller than average to emphasize their later feats of strength, they are similarly bland-faced and indicate their mechanical nature by slight stiffness of motion. So Two-Face creates robots in this version. So this writer's not as good as (laughs) Mr. Ellison. Well, no. This is written by... uh, Well, I mean, this is originally written... for this by John Marcus and then turned into it by Peter Ray, but they both had the same concept of this. Okay. Uh, And the robots' names are Horace and Helmut. Uh, And there's also Hank and Herbert. Like, everybody's got an H name. Why? I don't know. People Uh, love alliteration. Yeah, a lot of alliteration on here. Uh, And the description to Facilia is that she's his girlfriend. Okay, yeah, it's that she's clumsy. So there's no, funny enough, there is no Bob Kane 10-plus description of her. It's just his girlfriend, really? Facilia, well. in shapely overexposure. I don't know if that means the, the lighting or whatever, but whatever. Comes, shapely overexposure. I don't know what that means. So she's overexposed to the sense where she where she is shapely? I, again, I, I don't know. Uh, I, this I don't is not know. Harlan Ellison. Okay. Uh so Two Face's dialogue is interesting here because he switches back and forth between uh, Shakespearean language and just regular gangster speak. Okay. So he says, "When shall we two fade again in thunder, lightning, or in rain? No, when the hurly burly's done, like when we get the money, honey." So like he switches <laughs> from like Macbeth to like yeah. gangster shit, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is weird," but I kind of get what they're going for. So, in the script, Facilia asks, like, why do you keep so many robots? And he's like, well, I don't trust humans. They're all two-faced. So, that explains why he's got robots. <laughs> and then... <It's> okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. This is, again, this is not as good as the Harlan Ellison one. This is mainly good no. to share because of just how fucking weird it is. It'd still be kind of fun to watch, though. I, mean, I got the visual of, like, a 1966... Uh, a robot in my head right now. I know. I'm just, but also imagine if this actually went through, and this is what people thought Two Face was. Oh, he's a it guy who makes robots. It would have, it would have informed uh, the pop culture at large. Yeah, you know, Harvey Dent would have been making robots in The Dark Knight. Probably, <laughs> yeah. they would have made some reference to it. Yeah, at least you look like a robot maker. I don't know, something better than that. <laughs> uh, he also dances. But he dances, of course, two very different dances. He, he switches from the Watusi to the minuet. I don't know how that works. Oh but, man! Okay. Uh, this is this guy kind of took the two duality thing to the extreme. But he decides to make sure that his scheme is going well. So uh, he spies in on the bank, uh, the bank where all this counterfeit money is happening. So Batman investigates this bank and finds out that they have a new teller, uh, and of course that teller has an H name. Of course, is it being Hubert? So Batman goes to the Hubert and says, "He's like, there's something off about this teller." So he goes up to Hubert and he says, "Do you know why a collar button is like a heavy type of smoke? They both choke." And Hubert does not laugh at this oh, joke. Okay. So Batman says, "Because he did not laugh, 
He must be a robot. <laughs> Everyone laughs at my jokes. <laughs> so I'm Batman, Batman shoves his hand onto Hubert's nose and twists the guy's nose, and his head opens up, revealing the machinery inside. And Robin is like, holy clockworks. <laughs> and this... <laughs> So in the script, they realized that the robot was there to replace the chief teller, and the real chief teller has been locked up in the vault this whole time with limited oxygen. So, of course, there's a rescue scene of Batman using the Hubert robot to uh, sort of use his strength to take the vault door off so they can save this chief teller's life. So that's kind of cool. Um, but they decide to take the robot to the Batcave to study it. And here's what's interesting. Robin asks Batman, who did Two-Face used to be? And Batman says he used to be an actor. And an inventor of special effects. Okay. So this Two-Face is like a combination of Clayface and Mysterio, where he, okay. like, he used to be an actor, but he also is like great at like illusions and special effects stuff. There is no version... There's nothing in here indicating he used to be a lawyer. This, he's never even called Harvey Dent. So he's just changed a bunch just for the this. show. They paper was just like, we got a guy named Two-Face, and he's all about the number two in duality. Do something with this. Robots. Well, what, what's interesting is that they didn't do too much with the whole two theme. At yeah, all. I, it seems like this one doesn't really understand the character quite <laughs> as well, man. You don't say. Harlan Ellison. Harlan Ellison got he this. He really, yeah. like, nailed it. Yeah, like. no, he, he had the perfect, like, if there was a version in the 66 show for them to do, that was the version. He, he did write City on the Edge of Forever, which is, like, yeah. you know, one of the top episodes of, of TV yeah. probably of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, that and maybe a couple Twilight epi- Twilight Zone episodes and shit like that. It is surprising that he was even associating himself with the 66 show in general, considering that it probably didn't have the association of, like, high-class entertainment, like some of, like, you know, Twilight Zone or something like that. I mean, it was it was all known for entertainment. Maybe it's high-class in retrospect, but I'm sure at the time this was kind of like... It was lowbrow compared to... Well, Star Trek wasn't even that ex- respected either. Right, but it, there was yeah. still some... I don't know. It just, it just feels interesting that he was even involved in the first place. It's but cool. It's definitely cool. The closest comic version to this version is that in the Sunday... There used to be Sunday comic strips uh, that Bob Kane and his ghostwriters who pretended to be Bob Kane, uh, would write for it. And they had a whole different version of Two-Face where he was an actor named Harvey Apollo. Okay. And of course, Harvey Apollo gets hit by the acid, and then he becomes Two-Face and pretty much the same thing. And it has a dark ending where Harvey Apollo's Two-Face accidentally hangs himself. Uh, and it just ends with his... his this would not be on the show. <laughs> yeah, no. And the, it ends. It literally ends with his body hanging in a noose. And I'm like, That's dark for the, the comics. Fuck? Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Uh, and then there is another version of Two-Face who is an actor who is supposed to be the copycat Two-Face, and his name is Paul Sloan. Okay. And Paul Sloan uh, was cast to play Harvey Dent in a movie that's a biopic on Harvey Dent, the Harvey Dent story. Oh, shit. But somebody who's jealous of him and his love life replaces the fake acid with real acid, and so he gets hit with the acid uh, and he dies. Out that he, no, he becomes Two Face. He <laughs> okay. becomes the second Two Face. Oh my god! <laughs> on this, so uh, I, I have a yeah. question uh, yeah. that I might be getting ahead of you on this, but let me know. Um, is does Two Face have any uh, basis in a shadow villain? Uh, yeah, there was the face. Oh, the face. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. One side was different than the other, and the other side on the cover looks green, which is the exact color that. Two-Face's face was in his first appearance as well. Yeah, so there you go. And it's not just Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It's like straight up a shadow villain. It's straight up the shadow villain. The face uh, came out also earlier than that. I will take a look real quick uh, at uh, what we got on that. But he did show up earlier than that. 
and but I don't think there was any sort of Harvey Dent connection. The lawyer thing, however, does seem to come from. Uh, remember, I told you about that one character, the Black Bat, named Tony Quinn, who was a district attorney who was blinded by acid. And okay. Decided that even though he was blind, he was going to become a vigilante at night and use his other senses to become like a bat. Okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of inspiration for not just Two Face, but Daredevil there. But yeah, the face showed up in 1938, a year before Batman even showed up. Okay. In so, the shadow. Yeah, they had enough time to copy this. <laughs> yes, and then 1939 was when Tony Quinn was blinded by the acid. So, again, that's, you know, two years, three years before Two-Face actually shows up in the comics. So right. that's what we got. So, sorry, Shadow. Once again, you got ripped off. But oh, Two-Face man. in this thing does not seem to have the... There's no mention of him getting scarred at all. So, okay. for all we know, he's just called Two-Face because of his costume. Uh, but he witnesses Batman twisting the nose of this robot. He's like, he killed Hubert, and he has to <laughs> he has to track Batmobile. He killed Hubert. So Two Face decides to go into his own car. So this is kind of cool. Two Face has his own car in this version. Two Face Mobile? Yes. No, it's called the Toof Mobile. Toof. Yeah. It, it's, tooth, oh, Toof. It's, it's okay. as if you say it's as if you say tooth, but if you're like a, a little kid who's missing his front teeth, it's the Toof Mobile. Toof Mobile. <laughs> And Cecilia, his girlfriend, calls him two feet the whole time. Two feet. <laughs> but uh, here's what's kind of cool about it. I don't know how practical it is, but it's got two front hoods. So it's like it's a car that can go either way. Ah, okay. So like he can yeah. be in the driver's seat with his back to Facilia, who's driving. He's in the other driver's seat facing the other way, and he can either go backwards or forwards. Either Two-Face is driving or Facilia is driving. That's, that's fun. So I like that. That I that's the basically the main element of this script that I'm just like okay if they put that in the Harlan Ellison script that would have been perfect. Matt Reeves, I want you to put the, <laughs> the tooth mobile in the, <laughs> the next movie. <laughs> How does he have this car? And Pattinson's going to be like it's because of his retarded moral development. I am <laughs> I am awaiting my check in the mail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Facilia is driving, and she, in the script she almost hits this old woman. And Two Face is like Facilia. God damn it! Well, he doesn't say God damn it, but he's like uh, the name's Facilia, not Felicia. It's 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 F A C I L I A. Okay, the, weird. It's C I L I A. So I'm just like it's not Felicia because the L would come before. Yeah, Facilia. Okay. So Facilia weird. almost hits the old woman, and Two Face is like he apologizes to the woman and even gives her money. Okay. So it, this is a little bit of the element of Two Face can sometimes be a good guy. Yeah, but that it, that does make it that makes him a really interesting. But villain, it, you know? it's just so muddled by like robots and shit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know about this. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he tries to locate the. He has a homing beacon on the Batmobile, but Batman <laughs> sees that Two Face has a homing beacon on him, so he has a homing beacon scrambler, of course, <laughs> <laughs> that will uh, that directs Two Face to uh, somewhere else. So Two Face thinks he's found the Batcave. And he arrives and he's like, I've got it. We're at the Batcave. And then Facilia is like, is it that? And they look and it's the the <clears throat> the decoy Batcave is this rat hole in a rock that says that it has a little four-inch sign that says Batcave on it. Oh, man. And Doofus is like, damn it. And then he gets attacked by a bat <laughs> over there. Okay. Uh, in the real Batcave, Batman is examining the robot and he's like, this is a perfectly normal robot. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> I see nothing wrong here. <laughs> yeah, and Alfred, but Alfred figures out that maybe the robot is normal, but the clothes are certainly unusual. So they they analyze the clothes and they find that it is fifty percent organic and fifty percent inorganic. 
Hmm, the clothing. bad computer has told me this. Yes. Spit out a little uh, <laughs> holy, <laughs> hole-filled <laughs> um, paper. I mean, I don't know. We would have to rewatch a lot of the 66 stuff, but I don't know how much of the detective work was actually done by Batman and how much was actually done by the bat computer. Yeah, it was like, it's or like. Or Batman's random knowledge of shit. Yeah, yeah. I read this in my library. <laughs> well, I guess that would count, I guess, technically. For, I guess, but that. just like, you know, the, only the ballet types do this. That's why I had you study ballet, ballet Robin. types. But yeah, the back computer does locate the source of this 50% organic and 50% inorganic clothing to uh, a place called Tog Furnishings Incorporated. And Batman's like, TF? And Robin's like, Two-Face! So, of course, oh my God. <laughs> the, um, the initials of the uh, location tie up into the character. So, Batman brings up that, of course, Two-Face would hang out at clothing stores because he used to be an actor and he was obsessed with costumes. Again, very true to the comics. <laughs> the show was like this, though, right? It, it like they, was, they yes. made these crazy connections. <laughs> yeah, especially the uh, the the shark and the '66 movie, where they're just yeah, like, yeah. Batman was attacked at sea. Sea for Catwoman, and suddenly that's how Catwoman is involved <laughs> yes, in this. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're always greatest detectives here. The thing is, though, like if you're at a young enough age, I guess maybe that is fun or inspiring. Yeah, inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they visit the clothing shop, and it's being manned by Facilia, but they don't know who Facilia is. They just think that she's a random shop woman. Um, and she tries to throw them off that she doesn't know anything about Two-Face, uh, but uh, she can't really help them. She offers them some hats, because it's a hat. It's a, there's a hat store there. But uh, <laughs> Batman and Robin leave, but Batman says, no, this place is definitely suspicious, because, and here's the next non-woke thing, a hat shop would never have a female attendant. There is nobody who makes hats who's female. Therefore, what? she must not be real, and she's hiding something. That's so weird. Wait a second. <laughs> let's, let's break this apart real quick. <laughs> this is in the script. A hat. A fashion item. Yes. That is typically, stereotypically, part of, you know, you would say fashion's more associated with women than men. Yes. So, and I'm assuming that applied to to even 1960s America. So this doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but, but maybe hat makers were mainly men back, th- back in the day. Hey, Batman's non-wokeness in this script helps him to the next clue. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> He says, yeah, Robin's like, did you find the secret clue? And Batman's like, there are no female haberdashers, Robin. And the substitution... Haberdasheries. Haberdasheries, Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the substitution of a female for a male, and Robin says, is a typical two-faced maneuver. (laughs) Oh, man. This is no... (laughs) Welcome to 2020. (laughs) Welcome to 2020, everybody. Detective skills won't work anymore, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There would never... A woman would never do this. (laughs) Um, So two-faced is noted... For, it says he's noted for switching between quoting Shakespeare and quoting Mother Goose. That's weird. Um, it says that his coin in this version, he still flips it, but it either has an angel on one side or a devil on the other, or it has, because he's an actor, the comedy mask for good and the tragedy mask for bad. Okay. So that's kind of a cool yeah. 60s twist on it. That's cool. Uh, Batman and Robin show up, and Batman offers his friendship to Two-Face, 
So this is kind of the whole idea of just like, you're still good in him. I don't know why, though, in this version, because he just used to be an actor dude. Like, there's, there's no right. indication of, like, we used to be friends. We used to work together. That's not in this. Right. Uh, so right. Two-Face rejects his friendship and reveals that he has a three-phase plan. I don't know why it wasn't a two-phase plan, but he has a three-phase <laughs> plan. <laughs> Missed opportunity, <man. laughs> The first is financial chaos. Missed opportunity. He unleashes a bunch of robot men then onto the dynamic duo, and, of course, they end up captured, and Two-Face puts them in a death trap once again. Uh, in this version... Uh, there's two different types in the treatment. Uh, the original treatment, Robin is strapped to a sizzling clothes press, and Batman must flip the switch with Robin on it to, I guess, get burned to death. Uh, the script has a little bit more clear of a death trap. Both Batman and Robin are strapped uh, and uh, strapped down on Two-Face plans to use this machine to turn them into his own mindless zombies or robots. Uh, and as they close in, the announcer will say, Will Two-Face triumph? Will these fangs fracture Batman? Will the dynamic duo turn into mindless monsters tomorrow? Same bat time, same bat channel. And then we go into part two. Okay. Called the counterfeit counterfoiled. Again, not as good as about face or two face, but okay, whatever. <laughs> that, and that, that one I will accept. It's a little, yeah, it's a little better. This is, this is a part two as well, so. Yeah. <clears throat> so part two yeah. begins. Batman gets out of the trap in the treatment where it was the sizzling steam press. He allows the steam from the clothing press to moisturize the robots around them. And, of course, the robots <laughs> short circuit because of the moisture. Honestly, this is getting better. And frees Robin, <laughs> and, but gives Two-Face some time to escape. In the script, he just asks Two-Face for a glass of water as a last request. Two-Face is like, okay, I guess so. And then Batman <laughs> accidentally spills the water <laughs> on the controls and stuff, and it short circuits everything. Okay. So, master of escape, everybody. Just ask for a glass of water, and you'll be fine, as long as there's robots involved. So Two-Face tries to escape once Batman foils all the different robots, and he starts throwing out counterfeit money uh, so that there's a whole crowd that leaves to try to collect the money. Very similar to Joker giving out the money at the end of 89. Okay. Except this is all counterfeit money, so really, like, I don't get why people are, <laughs> like, scrounging to get it. But it was originally going to be counterfeit money in the 89 movie. They're going to scratch off the... the oh, uh, really? the face of Washington only to find that it's the face of the Joker and everything that they're collecting is actually Joker money and they're all going to die. That's cool. That was, uh, that was a cool touch. That would have been a good reveal. Yeah, actually. Yeah. But two face, uh, meanwhile was watching TV and that's where Batman decides that he must solve this next part as Bruce Wayne. So Bruce Wayne goes on TV saying that his bank, you know, if you have counterfeit money, you come in and, uh, we accept all the money in exchange for, you know, redeemable, like good money and everything. And we'll collect everything. Uh, and Two-Face sees this on TV, and he's happy about this. So in the treatment, he sends Facilia outside because uh, the cops have found them at that hideout. And Facilia distracts the cops and pretends to be a damsel in distress for poor Chief O'Hara. Uh, but when Two-Face abandons her in his escape, she rats him out to the police because she's pissed off that he betrayed her. Uh, and she rats him out that he has a second hideout. Of course he does. He's okay. Uh, a second hideout in Gotham Park. Uh, in the script version, Two-Face just uses one of his robots as to serve as a decoy and pretend to be him so that he and Facilia can go off to the other hideout. But it's a similar idea. Is Gotham idea. Park kind of like a central park in, in uh, uh, yes. New York? I guess that's the idea. But okay. Batman hears about this, but he realizes she did not mean Gotham City Park. She meant Gotham Park City, which is an amusement park. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So they go to the amusement park, and Batman reasons that Two-Face will be in the Hall of Mirrors. And his reason is, uh, think two-facedly. What's the most crowded place, even though you are alone? And Robin says, holy hallucination, the House of Mirrors. 
So they go to the House of Mirrors, and Batman ends up fighting a robot there and uses a water gun to try to malfunction it. I don't know if that really goes against his no-gun policy, even if it's not a real gun. A water gun uh, to a robot, I'd say he's in the clear. But Two-Face manages to capture Robin, and in the treatment, he injects him with a syringe, which might have been too adult for the script, because in the script, he just captures him off-screen. But... uh, in the treatment, Batman finds the injured Robin, who appears to be sick, and takes him to the Batcave. And the script is a little bit more elaborate, because Batman has another confrontation with Two-Face and attempts to appeal to Two-Face's better side. Two-Face tries to take off a Robin in the Toothmobile, and <laughs> there's a car chase, which ends with the Toothmobile supposedly crashing and Batman finding an injured Robin, uh, but no Two-Face. Kind of a strange oh, change there, but uh, I guess that explains why the Toothmobile is no more. Uh, so he brings <laughs> he brings Robin. They're having such a good time in the '60s, man. Robin, oh. uh, he takes Robin to the Batcave because Robin's feeling sick. And uh, Alfred, in the treatment, offers pigeon broth, and in the script, he offers potato soup. And Robin refuses. Well, no matter what it is, Robin refuses it. And Alfred's like, "This is strange. Pigeon broth is Master Dick's favorite food. <laughs> it must be a robot." Yeah. So in the treatment, they test his blood, and they find out he was given not truth serum, but lie serum. Oh. So he's always asked to lie. I like that. Apparently, it's That's a Two-Face trick. Yeah. So in the script, Batman gives Dick the antidote, and Dick explains that Two-Face was going to use him as an inside man. I certainly have a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we'll cut that. <laughs> no one has to <laughs> the hide it are, at all. Yeah, the editors like let's not have that take inside the Two Face script. The Woman's Catholic League loves the size of my penis. <laughs> so Dick explains that Two Face was going to use him as an inside man. The next heist was that he was going to go into the bank where the real money was stashed, uh, and Robin was just going to tell him through the lies room which one wasn't the actual. Uh, uh, which one wasn't the pile That's of true. legit you could, money. You could get the truth out anyway, yeah. even if it is a lie serum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and convince the cops that he and Batman were just moving the money around for safekeeping in terms of justifying why he was there in the first place. So Batman calls the police with an idea, and we cut to the bank where Two-Face breaks into the bank, and he encounters Robin, and he asks, which, okay, you know, I deliberately created all this financial chaos with the counterfeit money so that people would have to exchange it for real money. Which pile is the counterfeit money and which pile is the real money? And so Robin tells him which one it is. And of course, Two-Face does the opposite because he still thinks that Robin's under the influence of the lie serum. Um, okay. So after he does that, uh, Batman, he leaves and then Batman shows up and reveals to the police uh, you know, what Two-Face's plan was. In the treatment, Two-Face later on figures out he's got the wrong one and then he goes back only to end up getting caught. In the script, it's a little different. They try to catch him more in the act of trying to, to steal it, uh, and that's how he ends up getting captured. And it ends with the possibility of Two-Face's redemption. Two-Face says, And when I fall, I fall like Lucifer, never to hope again. And Batman puts an arm on Two-Face's shoulder and says, There is always hope, Two-Face, once you have learned to put your best face forward. I don't know if there was a pun, attempted pun there, but... I, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, this is the then, last line he says in the script, too, right? Well, then it leads into another scene where Bruce talks to the warden of the prison about Two-Face, and the warden says he's been making excellent progress and has been working on making clothes. I don't think that was really needed. I think they should have just ended it with the whole best face forward yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's how I'm just staying true to what's in the actual thing. But that is... You know, it ended it ended okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, as good as, not as good as Ellison, but it was no. okay. Well, Ellison is just like, as purists, we're like, yes, this is it. This is, yeah. this is how you would do Two-Face at that time. This one is kind of like, 
I kind of see where they're going with this. It's kind of cool. The Tufmobile is classic. It, w- it wouldn't have been uh, too out of step with everything else. Yeah, no, no. In, in that show, so. But it definitely would have changed our perception of the character. Yeah. Absolutely. There would, like, Two-Face would have been associated with robots for a long time if that was his thing in the 66 right. show. Right, uh, A fun fact here as well, uh, on the show Arrow, on an April Fool's, as an April Fool's prank, uh, they, uh, quote-unquote, leaked the script to an upcoming episode of Arrow, and what it was was the Two-Face counterfeit, but with the names changed so that instead of oh, Batman shit. and Robin, it was Arrow and Arsenal and, you know, Captain Lance instead of That's Commissioner cool. Gordon and everything. So... Uh, I'll see if I can get a copy of that, but that was kind of funny uh, that they did that. But they clearly knew that of the existence of this, and then just used like oh, final draft. The Berlanti verse guys oh, are yeah. fucking deep. Yeah, they're in the trenches of the DC universe. Yes, so they 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 knew about this and they used that, and it got some exposure for uh, the script That's uh, cool. by Peter Rape. So though those were the two different versions of trying to get the uh, Two Face into the sixty six show. What could have been? Yes. Exactly. Uh, I do think we ended up with the best version. Uh, yeah. In this, I mean, this wouldn't have been William Shatner, you know? N- uh, no, and no, I, no. I think that they did a nice job in incorporating other modern elements into it. So Wait, wait, wait. Do you think this is the best version that's been in movies or film or, or TV? Of Two-Face? Yeah. Um, maybe not the best version overall, but I'd, I'd say the best um, movie of... Uh, if you're trying to go from a character perspective, the best Two-Face movie. It definitely, like, had the most uh, we're friends, you know, Bruce and I are friends. Yeah. Like, even even thing. in Dark Knight, they don't really come across as, oh, like, no, no, having no. any history at, at all together. No, they meet for the first time, and the, that's pretty much it. And the, if anything, they're, like, rivals because of the, the rivals for Rachel's affection. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this because I was watching this movie today. It's just, like... And and our conversations about this, and we always talk deeply about Batman and shit. Yeah. But like, I think you're right uh, in the sense that we need like a movie where a whole movie, like maybe Matt Reeves listen to us. <laughs> the second one that comes out, Two Face is just Harvey. The whole fucking movie, and he's like the best friend. Like they're awesome buddies. Like wow, Bruce has a friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then. The third one, maybe there is no Joker in this trilogy. The third one is a Two-Face movie. And like just have like that heart-wrenching fall from grace mm-hmm. that separates him. And there's just so much dramatic tension there. Absolutely, It could yeah. be be so powerful. And if, if it's just stretched across two movies, you know, two movies. Two or I don't know. three, potentially. I'm sure you've thought about this a thousand times, Ben. But oh, yeah. No, I, I wish yeah. that that's how it was. I wish that the first movie had Harvey as just the friend. And then the second one was the beginning of the fall from grace potentially ending with the the scar and then the third one is him in full-on two-face mode yeah instead exactly. we got all that in one movie uh yeah with uh, yeah. with dark knight well i mean in every single version two-face has always just been it's like a one-shot deal right batman forever dark knight this one batman versus two-face like sure billy d williams and tommy lee jones are technically supposed to be in the same continuity but that's not didn't really there was no emotional impact for that so Outside of the Batverse, yeah, there is another Two Face actually. In a sense, um, the uh, in a there, uh, No Country for Old Men. You see right. that? Yes, of course. Like, fucking a man. That's pretty much Two Face. And Called there's it. <laughs> there's a line in the end, and my friend really brought this up to me. Um, I didn't think of this myself, but she. He's about to kill that girl in the end of that movie, yeah. and he flips the coin, and then she says, 
coin don't have no say. And then he says this amazing line. Yeah. The coin, the coin got here the same way I did. Yeah. Because that character is all about destiny. Yeah. So destiny's brought him and the coin there. And I just... I just thought that was fucking incredible. Like, that's such a great line, and I think that they should steal stuff like that <laughs> for the next Two-Face I mean, Matt I, I, I would love to see a Two-Face scene as tense as him in the uh, with the cashier. Yeah. Call it. It's like, what do I stand friendo. to win? He's like, everything. And friendo. Yeah. Well, he probably wouldn't say friendo. Also, say friendo, Batman yeah. Two-Face probably not so into destiny. Well, no, he's in a chance. I think he is. He, oh, yeah, chance. It's more It's more about chance. Yeah. chance like he, he bases his duality on chance. I've always felt that was the character a little bit more than just like, okay, the second national bank, that's where I'm going to rob from. Yeah, not the first yeah, national yeah. bank, the second one because of twos. I'm just like, this. I, I don't see much emotional resonance to that as opposed to like, you know, I used to be this upstanding person of, of justice, but I realized like that only gets me hurt. Yeah. So yeah. like now my morality is just based off the flip of a coin. It's right. just based off a of chance because that's the only way that I can survive in this world. Um, and I and I just think that Two Face, there's like this untapped potential to turning him as well into this anti-hero type, where just like sometimes he helps Batman a lot, and yeah. other times he doesn't. And the whole time Batman's struggling to get Harvey Dent back. Yeah. And I haven't really seen that in any other movie other than. This one, the Batman versus Superman. right, right, right. This is the only one that established right. them as friends. Yeah, so that's true. That I, it's, yeah, I, I agree. I wish that that was a factor. It doesn't seem that Har- like Harvey's going to be in this next one at all. Again, uh, we all thought it was going to be Peter Sarsgaard, but eh, then it turns we don't out need, we not. don't need him in every one of them. Right, but you'd then like for, you'd like for him to be though, huh? Well, of course, if it's yeah. going to be about the early days, especially this is supposed to be inspired by the Long Halloween. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I get it if. Those Peter, are rumors, though. We don't know that for sure. Right, yeah. But, I mean, if Peter Sarsgaard is playing a DA who is not named Harvey Dent, then I'm just going to assume that however, whatever it happens to his character does not line up with something that would happen to Harvey. So, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, I mean, dude, he could just have a day of shooting. You know, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. Right, yeah. Could be a throw. I mean, probably not. But you know, we we have no idea. Maybe he's just established, point. and then he gets shot, and then Harvey Dent becomes the DA. It's just one right. scene. It's like here's how Harvey became DA. His predecessor got killed. All right, now it's Harvey Dent. Right, like, right, right. Like, okay. We don't necessarily need that, but it's exciting to think like because I know this industry and this part of the industry yeah. to a certain degree. Rot definitely Pattinson has had photos taken. He's had at least. I'm going to call it. I have no idea because it's all in London. Yeah. But he's had at least two fittings at mm-hmm. this point. At least two, maybe more. He did and, describe being in it. By, I, oh, really? Yeah. Well, he did it for the audition, but I, I'm not sure if it was a Batman Forever situation. I mean, they Batman wouldn't have situation. it by the audition. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was a Batman Begins situation where he wore a previous suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's got. he's worn the full ba- the Batman suit. Got it. Okay. Like, that's... Unless this is like shit happens at different paces in in England in the UK, but like yeah, he it's I don't know. I guess well, I'm just such a nerd. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm going crazy over the fact that he's already worn the suit. I haven't even seen it. Like I don't know, man. Well, I look I look forward to the suit reveal because like my first suit reveal was the Christian Bale one. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that yeah. one we already talked about in the begins episode, but like that one was was definitely special. Um, because of the look of it and just realizing like this is how different this is going to be and then the Batfleck one was special for me just because I just it just felt like oh my god finally it feels like Batman came to life Kevin Smith 
like ran his mouth and like spilled the beans on some picture that I think Snyder showed him on his phone. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever saw that picture because what he described, I don't think we ever saw that. And I was looking for that for like months. Where he's like on top of a building or something. Yeah, something like that. And I don't think because the first one we saw was like Sad Bat in a (laughs) black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a cool shot, but it was just not wasn't what Kevin Smith talked about. Right. Yeah. You know, they they went a different way. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's something that is. uh, I mean, it's gonna have to be slimmer than the Affleck one just because of Pattinson's build. Uh, but I would love, I mean, the rumors are the Lee Bermidro suit, um, from like stuff like Batman Noel. So I'd be cool with that. They were saying Noel for Batfleck too. Remember that? Yeah, that's true too. So the, I don't know. the thing is like the Noel ones, it's too bulky, especially for, um, Pattinson. for Pattinson. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, I'd say like you adapt it to the actor. Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm so. looking more for like the style of it. I gotta say, at first I was like, Pattinson's too skinny, but now, now I'm definitely like, you know what? Kind of sleek, svelte Batman is a nice change from Batfleck. Yeah, I agree. You I know? mean, he does have to be stealthy, and yeah, yeah, uh, like he's supposed to be an acrobat. Like if you look at, he's an acrobat. Like if you look at the Bill Finger Batman uh, and everything, how he was originally drawn. I get that it was kind of at the time, but he's not like that super buff with a six pack. Like he's always fighting guys who are yeah. bigger than him. That is it for the different takes on Two-Face in the 66 show. So uh, that is our discussion on on Harvey Dent. Of course, we're going to talk about a very different Harvey Dent coming up soon in our Dark Knight deep dive, so stay tuned for that. Definitely coming. Deeper into the modern takes on the Two-Face origin. So I just covered the original comic book tapes take in Detective Comics 66, 68, and 80, the Two-Face trilogy. But for Dark Knight, I'm going to be covering stuff like uh, the Long Halloween and its predecessor, the one that Long Halloween actually cribbed from, called The Eye of the Beholder. It's a okay. two-page origin that nobody's read, but informs so much on this character. So stay tuned for that. Oh, that's awesome. That'll be on the Dark Knight deep dive. So, look all right, to that. awesome, everybody. So, uh, yeah, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram, and please join the Shasta Army on our Patreon. It's uh, Patreon.com/slash/SuperHousePodcast. And uh, shout out to Kooky Noms, Alicia, Matt Herring. Um, hope I'm not, hopefully I'm not forgetting anybody else. And uh, I am Ben Juan Ryder on Instagram, as well as head the Superhouse Podcast Instagram on Superhouse Pod, as well as Twitter now. We're on Twitter at Superhouse Pod on Twitter, uh, where we make our own comments about the different comic book movie news, mostly Batman stuff, but <laughs> some other nerd stuff. I talked about Doctor Who on there recently. So nice. We'll see what happens. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing. I'm, I'm going to sure. plug this again. Um, on your phone, whether you have Droid or iPhone, you go uh, pull out your voice recorder app. You probably already have it. Uh, definitely, if you have an iPhone, you record your voice, and then you can uh, finish recording and press the share button and send that to superhousepodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll put it on our. Uh, on an- another episode, on a new, on an up, up, on an upcoming episode. So, um, just for example, things like Superhouse, fucking awesome, you guys rock, or you're now listening to Superhouse, or whatever you want. You know, I just think it'd be kind of fun, little fun fan or interaction yeah. there, and you will be on the show. So, uh, yeah, check out your voice recorder app, everybody. And I think that's gonna do it for me. Andrew signing off. Ben signing off. 